0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon.
1: Well, we've got some awesome news coming from Cben, don't we, Brooke?
0: We sure do. As you may already know, our annual user conference CBET Connect is all about bringing people together for incredible live experiences. But even though we're not meeting in person this summer, Cvent believes in the power of live. So we're excited to announce Cvent Connect Virtual.
1: That's right. This two day event taking place August 25th through the 26th. We'll give you the opportunity to hear directly from industry leaders, such as Cvent CEO and founder Reggie Agarwal, and attend any of our 28 live breakout sessions discussing everything from virtual and hybrid events, to safety and security, to event marketing and program strategy for when in-person events resume.
0: We'll also be hosting virtual meetups and appointments with both Cvent and some of our industry partners. And Cody, you want to know what the best part is? What? What? It's all at no cost to event and hospitality
1: professionals. What, free? That's amazing. I can't wait for the entire meetings and events community to come together. Make sure to secure your spot today by registering at cvent.com slash podcast and click on the Cvent Connect banner.
0: I cannot wait. Cvent Connect Virtual is coming to everyone this August 25th through 26th. That's cvent.com slash podcast, and click on the Cvent Connect banner to register for free today. Today, we have a special treat for you. We have Cherie Keith from On24 to talk to us about how webinars are still thriving now that the focus has turned to virtual events.
1: She also has some great insights from On24's annual benchmark report which discusses the ideal dates and times for webinars during these times.
0: I love that part. So interesting. So if you're running any virtual meetings or webinars right now, trust me, you're not going to want to miss this.
1: That's right. Let's hear what Cherie has to say. All right, Cherie, thank you so much for joining. For those of us who don't know, can you briefly tell us a little bit about On24?
2: Of course, and thank you for having me. So ON24 is a digital experiences platform, and we're really on this mission to help transform how businesses engage with their audiences through these digital delivery mechanisms. And I would say the two things that are really at the core and guide our product strategy and our vision really come down to engagement and data.
1: Sounds great. I know a lot of people are using On24, but before we get into that, can you give us a little bit of background on how you ended up at On24?
2: Yes, of course. So uh, I joined On24 actually just about two months ago. So a relative newbie, but I have been close to and kind of part of the extended On24 family for for quite some time now. Um, Before becoming the head of strategy and research at On24, I was an analyst at Serious Decisions and then at Forrester covering the events space. And the core of my research actually over the past two years was centered around how to bridge the divide between physical events and digital experiences. So I kind of bring all that background and having worked with ON24 as both a client and someone who invited me to speak at a lot of their events, it was a natural fit for me to take the next step in my career and join the ON24 team.
0: Um, You know, I work on the marketing team here at CVent, and over the past couple of months, I don't think we've said anything more than pivot to virtual. Like this is sort (laughs) of the saying, right? And we're all looking forward to that moment in time when we're going to reopen live events, which we know is going to be a bit of a process. There's probably going to be some hybrid events happening um, as we reach that true live event experience. And I imagine everything is going to need to be restructured, especially from that marketing standpoint. So Sheree, what are those changes that need to be made to that event marketers toolkit?
2: Of course. And I mean, you know this, you're living the uh, dream every day as they say, but I think the the core of what will need to happen is what some people started doing actually a few years ago because of that, the rise in account-based marketing and the the overall rise in like this account-based engagement approach is that a live event should always have a digital component, not just at the event, but if we, we think, and we know that of course that B2B decision-making processes, there's generally, you know, between three and 10 other individuals involved. And we can't expect all 10 of those people to show up at live events. So I think really the the key learning i'm hoping for event marketers is as they're getting more exposure to this new tool set this new set of technologies this new set of processes with demand marketing that we can start to close that gap between those teams and make sure that you know if we really put the north star is impacting as many audiences and impacting as many members of that buying committee as possible, um, that a live event strategy will always have a digital component for those who aren't able to attend. Agreed. Yes, that digital component is going to be
0: so important, ongoing as we start shifting into full live events. But even then, that virtual component, or that digital component, is so important. Entry. I am a sucker for a good benchmarking report. Like, give me the data. I love looking into this stuff. And I know that you guys have been really dialed into this webinar benchmarking report. So, can you give us any insights? Like, what changes have you been seeing in the past couple of weeks or months?
2: Yeah, of course. So um, first of all, love speaking with other people who are into the data Um, as much as me. I always joke that I'm not the most fun at cocktail parties uh, when I'm (laughs) talking about what I do for a living. But um, what I would say about the benchmarking report is, yes, we we do it on an annual basis. Uh, But what we were able to convince some team members to do is to look at what the changes have been since the beginning of uh, 2020 for us and you know, historically, midweek has always been that best date to do webinars, right? Like the Tuesday through Thursday, we're we're, we're all pretty well grounded in that being best practice. And I feel like um, generally people gravitated towards Wednesdays. But what we've seen um, looking across our entire network is that the Monday and the Friday webinars are really taking off. Um, In fact, just you know, using On24 as an example, our marketing team has seen that our Friday webinars are some of the best attended that we've ever done. Um, and so we actually, a coworker of mine uh, is putting the f- finishing touches on a blog post on that topic, like don't be afraid of the Friday webinar. But um, I think that's really due to the times that we're in. I would be surprised if I see that trend continue into the summer months. I'm hoping that people can hopefully start to take some long weekends. So I'm not sure if we'll see the Friday trend continue as we hit the summer months, but um, that's where it stands right now.
1: And, and what are you noticing too for you know, promotional materials?
2: Yeah, of course. So again, usually people were focusing on um, midweek. We're still seeing that trend, but I think what we're seeing kind of start to bubble up is Tuesdays being the best day for the promotional emails to be going out. So more about just narrowing in on um, a specific day rather than it being that three-day spread, Tuesdays looking at the best.
0: This is so fun. I'm actually like live tweeting this to my team. Like, you guys, <laughs> there's all this great information because we do so many webinars um, as part of our marketing strategy, and this is just. really interesting because like you said, we've always done it sort of midweek, but now that everybody's home, it's kind of opened up the floodgates, people are more willing to join on different days. What about the time though? You know, I know that people are home with their families and so maybe morning isn't better, probably not 5pm, like what time should we be running these?
2: So that's actually an interesting question because we haven't seen a change in that. Actually, the um, that midday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific tends to be the best time. Um, just overall looking at our network, the 11, if uh, and I'm East Coast, so I should say, um, you know, that 2 p.m. time frame tends to be a, a good standing for people. I see some people go a little bit earlier to 1 p.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific, but um, That's generally where we see live webinars performing the best. I think the other thing I would just keep in mind is always having a best practice of having your webinars also available on demand for um, the binging and the watching off hours is also a, a thing that people are still doing. And I haven't seen any updated data on that yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some anomalies in that data for us um, because of, like you were mentioning, the the need to juggle home and work very closely uh, at the same time. I mean, I'm homeschooling my kids right now, so I think we're all feeling that um, juggle to when we might be able to sit down and give an hour of unfiltered access time to webinars.
0: Now, Cody and I love going to live events. We all do, right? There's this experience that happens when you go to a live event that sometimes isn't replicated when you're in this more virtual environment. What are you doing at On24 to create this more holistic experience?
2: Absolutely. So one of the the interesting things about On24 is we are a, a company that has had our heritage and webinars, but live events is still a really important part of our marketing mix. So our marketing team has definitely had to do that pivot that we've talked about. But one of the things that we heard pretty early on from some of the folks that tend to attend a lot of our events is like, Oh, I'm, I'm bummed out. I'm going to not get the on 24 t-shirts that I always look forward to. We have these really soft t-shirts. Um, and so what we did is we've actually started to promote that on our own webinars. When we've had to take our events that we were going to be doing in person and then create a virtual content experience for people, we have a way for them to submit their information. We'll ship them out the t-shirt that they were looking forward to getting and you know, I think I've heard um, some really interesting ideas how of how other people are trying to bridge that gap when it comes to meals and sending out um, a Grubhub gift card or a Starbucks digital gift card, so that someone can still, you know, get the "quote unquote" coffee on the company, uh, just and then enjoy a a conversation with them. Um, I've actually heard of a wine company that's doing something really cool as well. So more from that B2C or B2C realm, but shipping out uh, the tasting, and then you actually do a video conference with the company or the salesperson that will talk you through the actual tasting. So um, I think people are getting creative about how to ship things out to people, even when they aren't in their offices.
0: Yeah, we've, we've heard this a few times, haven't we, Cody, with yep, yep. people sending out like cocktail kits for a virtual happy hour. I mean, there's just so many cool, fun ideas that you can do to really create that experience. I, I love the t shirts, love a super soft t shirt. So, plus yeah. on that.
1: I got to tell our listeners, though, I was on on24.com slash blog digging around. And Cherie, you wrote a really cool blog there that discussed some other survey results. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what you discovered?
2: Yeah, of course. So the one of the first blog posts I did was um, actually just experimenting along the lines of how to use webinars in different ways. And so what I did is I was doing a webinar on physical to digital events and I actually didn't display the survey results during the webinar. And I said, I'm going to do a blog post afterwards because it's kind of crazy and we have a lot of people on the line and I want to take some time to actually understand the data. Um, So I I had a few different survey questions, and one of them was just I had shared some benchmarking data from serious decisions about spending on physical events versus digital events. And I asked the people on the line whether or not they were on par with this, above it or below it. And the majority of respondents actually came back saying that they were um, right on par with the benchmarking report on the spending. So that felt pretty good. Um, the next one, question I asked people was about how long had they been considering thinking about unifying their physical and digital event strategy. So was this a kernel in your mind before everything changed for them? Um, and majority of people came back that they had just started, but we did have over twenty percent of people also reporting that they had been thinking about this for a year plus. And I think that's really interesting because I guess. Uh, gets to that point that I was talking about earlier, which is this was an area that I was researching because we were seeing it happen because of account-based strategies. So um, I think there's some good news from that, right? People have have been doing this before. They have set these strategies into play. So there are learnings from people and best practices that we can sort of look at as well. But um, I think I thought that was interesting. And then I think the final question I had on there was, you know, which part of the event life cycle do you think will be your biggest focus of trying to get the synergies across? And um, pre-event and ad event were actually the, just about neck and neck with the data there. So I think that's good from the perspective of I think when people moved quickly, they were able to sync the registration, the branding of the events pretty well. And then we're also thinking about how they could reuse agendas and content um, across the two pretty quickly. But I really wanna see people now focus on uh, what they do with the event data afterwards. I think you get a different type of data, certainly a lot more of it from your digital events. So I think that'll be an area for marketers to focus on how to be able to do that better.
0: Yes, yes. You're preaching to the choir here. All of this data is so important that we're getting. And we've had that opportunity at live events through technology, but um, especially in these virtual event environments, the amount of data is, is kind of amazing. Um, okay, I'm going to switch gears for a second and talk about the experience at ON24. Now, is it true that you call your guys, you guys they're web nerds?
2: Yes. I love that. Um, That is very true. That is a rallying cry that, um, we have here where our customers are very passionate about webinars. It's helped them with their careers. It's helped them come out of their shell in some cases. So um, yeah, our, our passionate customers refer to themselves as webinars.
0: I actually think a couple of my team members have super soft t-shirts that say webinars <laughs> on them,
2: which is really fun.
0: Um, now, I know you guys too are evolving to this work from home lifestyle, just like the rest of us. How is that going? What do you guys- is doing?
2: It's going uh, pretty well, very selfishly, or I guess, more centered on myself here. I've been a work from home employee for on on 24 since I've joined. So the plan was always for me to be remote out of my house since the company is headquartered out in San Francisco. But, um, you know, it's been a challenge and a change for a lot of my other coworkers, but they seem to be doing well. We try to do things like the virtual happy hours. We keep in contact on our Slack channel. Um, And I think those of us who've been remote before have been there to offer tips and advice to team members who have never had this environment before. So I think um, that's what we've been focusing on internally, just to make sure people feel good about what's going on.
1: how can On24 help us evolve our event strategies and make them even better once we return to the new normal? I think that's the question on everybody's mind.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. And certainly On24 is thinking about how to do that for the market. I mean, we have a, a set of technologies that does go beyond just the webinar. We have a content hub experience for that Um, on-demand viewing of content. That is a great way to repurpose content as well. We also have uh, technology that's more focused on a personalized landing page where you're able to offer up in a very personalized way to someone information that could be important to them because of the company that they work for, uh, the persona that they are, things of that nature. So, I think we're really trying to get people to stitch all of that together. But Um, I think the other thing is, and this is why I'm at On24, is also helping them up level their strategy when it comes to digital marketing and help to offer those types of strategy services to customers as well is big on our roadmap um, and making sure that people can, you know, be really intelligent about the way that they're understanding the buyer's journey in this post-COVID world and thinking about how they can offer up content that fills that gap for buyers too.
0: I love this. Actually, Sheree I know when we were going to do this interview, I was like, I'm going to be a few minutes late. Would you believe that it was because I was doing a panel with all of our executives on the On24 platform and everybody's faces were up there and it was really interactive. We had several thousand people join. It was a really, really cool experience um, and something that maybe we wouldn't have done if we had the in-person option, but something we would definitely do going forward. And so um, really like building that strategy and thinking about how we're going to return to the new normal and what these webinars are going, what place those fill has been a really interesting journey so far. Now I know these are unprecedented times um, and I know on 24 is really doing your part to help bring us back to the new normal. I just want you to tell the audience a little bit about what On24 is doing um, and how people could actually use the platform to give back.
2: Absolutely, so anyone who has access to the On24 platform is a producer of a webinar. So you're thinking about pushing something out um, what we've actually created is uh, we call them our engagement tools. Other people call them widgets, but however you design the On24 console for your audience, you have the ability to add a COVID 19 response engagement tool there. And what that is, is it is a way for people to donate during a webinar to the COVID 19 um, Solidarity Response Fund. And On24 is actually matching up to a specific um, monetary amount, the donations and clicks, um, that we get from audiences on the, across the on 24 network. So looking for a way to help give back and raise awareness about what we can all do to, to help get ourselves through this.
0: That is really cool. I like that. Yeah. Easy, easy to just kind of plug into what you're already doing and have that give back element, which is so important right now. Exactly.
1: Well, Sheree, it's been so great having you on the podcast today. Got to ask you our favorite question: If you had to leave one takeaway for people interested in using On Twenty Four, or you know who are already one of your webinars, what would that be?
2: I guess my one tip would be: Now is really our chance to shine. Um, you know, even as an analyst, I had um, peers amongst me that would say, you know, webinars are dead; no one's using them; they shouldn't be using. them, Even though the data shows that they're one of the top-rated interactions that buyers want as they move through their their journey. That aside, all eyes are on you as a webinar. Like, take advantage of this moment, moment, showcase what you've done, and also use that as a way to build buy-in to try new things. I talked about some of the other portions of the On24 platform before. Like, now's your chance to try out either new products within our family or even just try out new styles of webinar content. Um, It was hard to get people on video (laughs) before. It's easier now, but, you know, messing around with the ways that you engage your audiences or even thinking about the the length of time that you set up for the webinars, like now's the chance to experiment with it uh, while you have so much attention and buy-in for your approach.
0: This is such valuable information, and I'm sure there's several things you'd want to promote or share with our listeners. Where should they go to learn more about ON24 or even maybe your thoughts?
2: The blog, for instance? Yeah, exactly. I would say the um, the on24.com backslash blog is a great place to go. Um, You'll also see on there the Center for Marketing Transformation. That's um, my product at On24. So make sure to to check that out. I think we'll have some news on that probably over the summer months. But Uh, yeah, our our website and our webinars are definitely a a great place to go. Sign up for what we have coming out in the next few months. We have a lot of customers who, um, like the webinar community has banded together. I thought we were going to see a lot of our customers um, start to say, you know, I don't have time to do that uh, webinar with you guys, but we see them coming to us and saying we want to share the best practices. We know we're, we've, Made a lot of progress and we want to share that with others. So the community is really um, activated around this and making sure that we can teach people who are newer webinars how to be great webinars.
0: Love that. And maybe we can even grab a link to that benchmark report so I can dig into all the numbers. (laughs) You got it. That sounds great. Well, Sheree, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is really valuable knowledge. I'm sure a lot of conversations are happening out there about virtual and webinars, and this is a great place to start and learn more. So dig into that community and thank you again for joining us. Wow, that was one cool conversation. I really loved her analysis for current webinar strategies.
1: Yeah, and it's no secret that I love my swag from conferences. I'm just glad to hear On24 is still thinking about events from a holistic point of view.
0: And for our audience to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. And if anyone out there has tips or tricks that they'd like to share, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We would love to have you on the show.
1: And before you know it, we will have another great episode, so we'll talk to you then.
0: Bye!